Hello and welcome to Stick Together, Australia's only national radio show dedicated to workplace and social justice issues. Stick Together is produced in the studios at 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne and broadcast nationally via the Community Radio Network. My name's Annie McLaughlin. Today's program is all about penalty rates. On December 19, 2014, just before Christmas, the federal government made a preemptive strike on penalty rates. The Treasurer, Joe Hockey, sent an order to the Productivity Commission to investigate the workplace relations framework. Get rid of any red tape and compliance burdens for employers, he said. Find the barriers to bargaining. Check the scope for independent contracting and flexibility to respond to changing global economic conditions, he said. Hockey is very careful to say the Australian government's objectives in commissioning this inquiry are to examine the current operation of the fair work laws and identify future options to improve the laws, bearing in mind the need to ensure workers are protected and the need for business to be able to grow, prosper and employ. All very reasonable, you would say. What has the inquiry got to do with penalty rates? We have two stories on Stick Together today which show how the tying of productivity to a safe and fair workplace can be anything but reasonable for workers, and it has everything to do with penalty rates. Our first story is about cleaners. When Kate Carnell, Australian businesswoman and former Liberal Party politician, who served as the third Chief Minister of the Australian Capital Territory from 1995 to 2000, and is now the CEO of the Australian Chamber of Commerce and Industry, started spruiking the idea that penalty rates should be a thing of the past, she concentrated on cafes and restaurants, small businesses under the pump, she said in her reasonable voice. What to do with penalty rates is have a community co- discussion about them, a conversation. We fully understand that unless you happen to be running a shop or a restaurant or you know, you're, you're in that space, it's hard to understand what business is talking about. So the importance of having a debate, a discussion about this is real. So what we're doing is we're putting the issues out there and we're, and we're wanting to have a debate, which is what's happening here. We're not suggesting no penalty rates. We're suggesting that double time and a half on public holidays or double time on Sundays is just too high for businesses to be able to make uh, to make a profit and open on those days. And we as consumers want people to be open. So it's a debate. We don't expect everyone to be on side on day one, but we hope through the debate people will better understand what the issues that small businesses in, in Australia are, suffer- are facing. The problem with this reasonable discussion, as uh, Kate Carnell puts it, is that it is covering up the heart of the Australian Chamber of Commerce and Industry submission to the productivity inquiry, or as Jed Carney, president of the ACTU, puts it, 
the ACCI's bid to abolish the award system entirely in favour of a stripped-back safety net and enterprise bargaining would mean penalty rates would no longer apply to award-reliant employees and would only be paid to employees in unionised industries who succeed in bargaining for penalty rates in an enterprise agreement. And this is where the cleaners come in. Tuesday the 15th of June, International Justice for Cleaners Day. Cleaners held rallies around Australia and in Canberra, angry Parliament House cleaners went on strike for the day. At a rally outside Parliament House, they awarded Federal Treasurer Joe Hockey a giant golden toilet brush. These members of United Voice are not fooled by Mr Abbott or Abbott's carefully worded no cleaner will get a reduction in pay when the federal government decides to abolish the Commonwealth Cleaning Services Guidelines. Their union claims the decision has cost cleaners in Commonwealth buildings about $6,800 a year because they did not receive their indexed wage increase. Wages are stagnating. Stick Together spoke to people at the Melbourne rally calling for justice for cleaners and the importance of threatened wages and penalties. So can you tell me why you're here today, Kamal? Uh, actually, to fight for my penalty rate. So uh, important for you, your standard of living to uh, get these penalty rates? Actually, without penalty uh, rate, I'm going uh, to lose around uh, $200 something a week and around $10,000 a year. That's that a, a big money, a huge money. That means equal around 25% from my income. So how many hours do you work a week? 38 hours. So in order to make that up, you'd have to work more hours, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, absolutely. If they cut my penalty rate, I have to work seven days a week to cover this difference. So you normally work at night or early in the morning? I do night shift, uh, midnight to 8 o'clock in the morning. And imagine someone working uh, weekend, a public holiday, midnight to 8 o'clock without penalty rate for normal rate. And people stay home and enjoy life. I've been a cleaner for um, nine years. And um, I support my uh, family. My husband is on disability pension and I got two children. The thing is I am the breadwinner, the only breadwinner in my family. And we live in a very tight um, budget because my wages is just not not enough or is just just right to 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 pay mortgage and most of the time we used to juggle or struggle to pay our different um, bills now i got my other daughter uh, quit her uni or stop uh, going to uni because it's just we cannot afford her uni fees and all her other expenses.
to go to to attend her unis, losing penalty rates, cutting our wages, is just uh, unfair to us. We feel worry all the time and stress, losing um, this penalty rates, cutting our wages. It makes a very big impact in our families, especially to our children and to their future. That's why um, these uh, employer groups and all the different companies, especially the um, Australian Chamber of Commerce and, and Industry, must also um, must uh, respect people's lives. Respect. They should respect our work, our and our families. That's why we all gather here to fight and defend for our penalty rates. So why have you come, Father Bob? It's the hey, why we here? Yeah, why? It's here? because I like backing up the Australian idea of uh, the workers being the most basic foundation stone in society. That's what I like. You know, Eureka and all that. So, um, yeah, it suits me. It also suits me from the point of view of what? Religion, because in fact, uh, I think religion gets its meaning from the working class. That's what I think. So, So what about this business about cutting penalty rates? Well, I mean, that's obvious because in fact that's all that they've got. See, by the time we get to the stage of being working class and being cleaners in the working class, well, then, in fact, you need every penny that you can scrape together. And that's going to be my point if I get hold of the microphone, is that, in fact, that's, that's all we've got, the, uh, the cleaners, is what we can earn overtime or penalty rates. And even then, it's only putting, putting together a few dollars that are barely a survival wage, see? So I'm on about anybody who can get themselves uh, closer to a living wage, which includes enough money for uh, not only to eat, but to house you and to educate your children and also to give you enough money to be able to indulge in leisure time. See? So that's, they need every penny they can get. I'm from 3CR and I do a program called Stick Together and it's a union-focused program and I was wondering why you're here today. Your sign says, hands off our penalty rates, exclamation mark. Well, um, a lot of us workers, um, especially in the hospitality industry, are relying on penalty rates, especially uh, when we work um, on weekends, late night shifts and um, holidays, public holidays. And without penalty rates, um, minimum wage is uh, not enough to pay the bills, housing, uh, groceries, and yeah, so we rely on penalty rates. Now they say, you know, the uh, Chamber of Commerce is trying to put out the idea that, you know, weekends and night time and all the rest of it, there shouldn't be any, they're not special. We're a 24-hour society. What do you say to that? Well, if they raise the minimum wage, then it wouldn't be a problem. (laughs) You're listening to Stick Together. Workers' stories and union news. Oh, it's a 
broadcast around the country every week on the Community Radio Network. The second story today is also about penalty rates and how workers can unwittingly be deceived into a losing position. You may remember the ruckus over the Shop Distributive and Allied Employees Association, the SDA's deal, with Coles recently, which sidelined the Australasian Meat Industry Employees Union, AMIEU, and the Transport Workers Union, TWU, EBAs, which effectively removed their penalty loanings. Well, the deal has been questioned by the Fair Work Commission because it seems that a lot of the STA workers will be being paid below the award, which, as it stands, is unlawful. Anyway, let's hear what Paul Conway, Secretary of the Victorian Branch of the AMIEU, has to say about the issue. Now, the last time Stick Together spoke to you, it was about basically the SDA deal that was done with Coles and Woolworths, which had basically white-handed the penalty rates for meat workers. Can you just sort of revise that sort of situation for our listeners? Uh, Predominantly what it was was for uh, the penalty rates that existed in there for uh, particularly people working a Thursday to Sunday roster were reduced for a butcher by some $12,000 a year per annum and for a meat packer, some $8,000 a year per annum. So um, those, those uh, conditions and penalty rates that we had in existing state-based agreements were being eroded by the agreement that the SDA did on a national level. So all new people coming into a meat room would be that much a year worse off. So now we've just had reports of uh, the Fair Work Commission having looked at the arrangements that the SDA deal with Coles, where it's being shown that uh, there are people who are con- who are being paid below award wages. Yes, yeah, certainly we've um, we put in an objection to uh, um, our um, form. Uh, for the agreement to be part of it, that we raised our objections in there. We've also um, been beneficial in getting support from others outside of it that have um, cast an a, uh, analytical eye over the agreement and come back with um, with some very helpful comments on, on all the reasons why it shouldn't pass a better overall test. Um, so we're hopeful that the agreement actually doesn't get through and I'm, I'm certainly hoping that the Commission don't um, approve the agreement with some undertakings. I hope it goes further than that and that the agreement actually... Um, uh, doesn't pass and that they're forced back to the table, but that would be the best outcome. What what I was interested in was that, as Coles says uh, in its statement, that uh, uh, the uh, members, the union members, agreed to this outcome uh, unanimously. What's that? Uh, you know, it uh, begs some questions, doesn't it? Yeah, well... <laughs> To take it right back to its inception, there are six months of um, negotiating with um, Coles around this agreement. In fact, the only people that have representatives that were from the shop floor were the AMIU and the TWU. Um, the AWU have a small um, part in the agreement from the northern uh, parallel, you know, uh, top end of Queensland. They have a few members up there, but participated via phone hookup for most. But their um, agreement, oh, sorry, their logger claims was identical to the SDA. The SDA have no um, shop floor officials there at all. The negotiations are done through Joe de Bruyne at the time, um, who controls most of what took place, um, and in fact sat opposite to the uh, senior representatives from um, Coles. So the agreement was was structured between those two. 
The agreement was put out for a vote. Um, it was done um, via electronic voting as opposed to through the Electoral Commission and we have photos of some of the computers in this store with all cards around them on how to um, vote yes and we would say that there was a fair amount of coercion to get young people to go up there and vote yes for a pay increase without fully understanding the ramifications of what they were voting for. I was able to catch up with Josh Cullinan, Senior Industrial Officer in the Victorian Division of the NTEU, the National Tertiary Education Union. Josh, off his own bat, worked on uncovering the inconsistencies in the SDA Coles deal. The crux of the matter is that in this agreement, some some of the uh, workers covered by the SDA will actually be getting below award uh, uh, rates for their work, which is illegal. Um, well, it's, it's two two real issues. It's not just some. We're talking probably tens of thousands, but certainly many, many thousands. Um, of workers will be paid if the agreement was approved without changes or without undertakings would be paid well under the award wages they would have earned if they had had the minimum conditions. Um, unfortunately, an agreement that gets made, arguably, um, the, the then paying those lower wages isn't isn't unlawful or illegal. So those kinds of agreements shouldn't be made. Um, and um, this is what the Fair Work Commission has picked up as in the same way that the analysis has. Um, it show, They've seen that many, many casuals, many, many young workers, and then quite a large number of, um, of part-time older workers, um, so adult workers, adult-aged workers, um, that are part-time working weekends or weeknights um, will also be substantially worse off. So how could this be? How could this happen? How could a union or an association be party to something like that? Is that uh, laziness or is it just that uh, they haven't uh, analysed the situation well enough? Unfortunately, it's neither of those. We're, we're probably um, looking at, at a greater, greater degree of malevolence. Um, the SDA has arrangements and relationships with these organisations, these employers, that allows for easy access to um, young workers, 15- and 16-year-olds, starting for their first shift. With, uh, and then when they meet them um, and speak with them, the manager's in the same room and those workers are encouraged to join the SDA and pay and uh, pay to become members. Um, and unfortunately, that relationship, that access, is the most important holy grail to the SDA, and they're willing to enter into arrangements with companies like Coles and others to undercut the wages and conditions that those workers would earn if they were employed under the minimum conditions in the award. This has been going on for many years. I'm delighted that um, Fairfax has um, taken it up in some of their recent publications, but it has been an issue and probably has been highlighted by the Coles deal, which is um, which t- takes it to an entirely new level. So does that mean that uh, the young workers are just really unaware, they need to be more vigilant, or is there any way that they could be more vigilant regarding these kind of arrangements that are being done in their name? Yeah, there's a few, there's a few things that could happen. The, the, if the Fair Work Commission... Um, continues a robust approach to considering these agreements, then, the, then they won't slip through the net um, and, it'll, and it will have the responsibility of ensuring the better off overall test is met. Um, the other thing is is that workers, um, young workers in particular, don't have um, particularly strong arrangements in their curriculums at school or when they come into the workplace about their workplace rights. 
about the history of unionism and about the, the working conditions that they work under. Um, they certainly need to, to um, be more vigilant, but I think the entire community needs to take some responsibility for improving um, the education that these young workers have at the moment. Their first um, experience of a so-called union is someone standing up the front with a manager saying it's okay to join um, and at the same time not telling them that their wages are going to be um, less than what they would earn under the minimum conditions in the awards. That's got to change. Let's go back to what you said, that if uh, they this had actually gone ahead without there being scrutiny, that if it had been passed, that would have then been the removal of penalties by stealth. Well, absolutely, it would be the removal of penalties by stealth. Um, I don't even know if it's that stealthy, to be, to be honest. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I think uh, it's been going on for some time. It's what, it's what was acclaimed by the SDA in South Australia as a cutting-edge new deal with the with the, some of the smaller retailers, it was simply what they've been doing nationwide now for a long time. So um, it, it's it's upfront, um, and unfortunately, the the Fair Work Commission has little choice but to rely on the evidence of um, of employee associations. In this case, it's something that calls itself an, uh, the SDA and the employer in, in determining whether to approve or not an agreement. It shouldn't really be put to the test of having to determine whether every single person will be better off overall. Um, and unfortunately, can, it can rely on the evidence of, of the SDA and Coles. On this occasion, the meat workers were able to intervene and some of the media that it's attracted has also shown that the Fair Work Commission probably needs to have a, a closer look at this deal. Hopefully in the future, they'll, the Fair Work Commission will have a closer look at every deal that the SDA is trying to make. Now, there's another thing, uh, aspect to this. As you said, they're going to come back. They may, if there's enough flaws, tell them to go and renegotiate it. But they could also set some undertakings. And when they say undertakings, they might say things like a young worker who uh, sees that they're being underpaid in relation to the rate they're being given compared to the award wage can then go to the employer and say that they would like to be backdated and leave it to that person individually. Is that something that might happen? Yeah, so there's there's three categories of undertakings that the Commission has proposed that Coles accept. The first is just a flat 5% um, increase for all casual workers, which we estimate will cost Coles somewhere in the region of $15 million per annum. Then there's also a, a flat increase in the junior rates for 17 and 18-year-olds, which will benefit 18-year-olds for the next year, but will benefit 17-year-olds into the future. Um, and that's worth 5% to 17-year-olds. And then there's this third one, which is a little bit unusual, and it's something I've been agitating and calling for a change in the legislation. At the moment, the legislation says that even though your agreement might pay less than the award in a base rate of pay, the award rate will apply. It doesn't make any mention of loadings, penalties, or other types of rates. This proposal from the Commission would be that individuals can come and to come to Coles and say, I want my whole rate um, compared to the award. So my penalty loadings, my overtime loadings, my weekend rates, my weeknights and my casual loadings. And if I'm better off under the award, I'll, um, I'll be back paid the difference. However, it does seem a bit uh, far-fetched to think that an individual would be able to do such a thing. I, I, yes, I think there, there are significant issues with expecting individuals to, to um, put their hand up in those sorts of in, 
environments. But I also think that there's a significant issue here for coals. It's not dissimilar from annual leave or long service leave accruals. Coals are going to have to account for it. So every year when we see the annual returns of West Farmers, we'll no doubt see a line item which says how much they've accounted for, the wages that they've stolen from young workers by not paying them in their um, in their pay packets under the agreement, that they've had to keep them aside just in case they do put their hand up. And I would expect there are many, many Coles workers that get to the end of their two or three year stint with Coles who on their last day will put their hand up. Um, and I'll certainly be encouraging anyone, if this does go through with that undertaking, I'll certainly be encouraging um, folks to do that as well. There's a couple of issues. It probably wouldn't be a class action. It could certainly be a collective dispute or a collective request for back pay. But there is also a, a side issue of how that arrangement would actually meet the better off overall test. I think uh, on one view, all it does is it guarantees someone the right to apply not to be worse off um, in the future. It doesn't really deal with the better off overall test, but since Coles agrees to this arrangement and then doesn't automatically pay the higher rate and makes people apply, I think that um, it will get to critical times when more and more workers, maybe disillusioned with the SDA, will seek the support of progressive advocates to do it as a collective approach so that there's some protection in doing it as a group. You've done this in a private capacity, but obviously you are a person who is uh, aware and uh, lives and breathes effectively the uh, arrangements that work in industrial in the industrial field. Is the fact that you uh, have applied uh, yourself to this analysis a sign that um, the intellectual capacity of the unions as a whole is working on uh, a better future for workers? Um, I would certainly hope so. I think that there's there's probably a very, very long um, piece to be uh, written about sort of my story and my interaction with young workers. Um, but I have seen the, the effect of this organisation um, have on young workers in our union movement. And, the, and it's a shame that the first first experience for many, many young workers of a union is the SDA. So I, I hope that um, I've certainly been encouraged by the amount of um, support that I've received. Um, I've made a call out for anyone who has rosters at other major retailers or major fast food outlets to send them through because the, the analysis doesn't end with Coles. Um, and I've been you know, surprised with the level of support that I'm getting from others. And I, I hope that the intellectual rigour can be brought to bear to ensure that these young workers um, receive not only the, the, the just rewards for their work, but also over time develop an understanding and stand up to re-democratise, to take back control of the union, which they should. Well, that's it for Stick Together today. Thanks to you for listening. We have to thank members of the United Voice, Paul Conway from the AMIEU and Josh Cullinan from NTEU for talking to us today. Stick Together is produced at 3CR Studios in Melbourne, broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. The podcast is available at 3cr.org.au. You can contact the producers of the show at stick.together at gmail.com or by calling 03 9419 8377. My name's Annie McLaughlin. Catch you next time. <laughs>